0: a selfless position uh, you know fullback you know, it's, it's all dirty work i mean there's no real glory and he's not really getting the ball and carries and you know not i threw it i definitely throw it to him um but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for uh, for the offense it's a very valuable position and uh anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in the running is really important
1: three tight ends
0: including haidner Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets
1: the ball. Piled track. in for the touchdown. What a quick second. here comes the ball. Oh,
0: here comes the ball. Oh, here comes the Hey, everybody, and welcome to big episode number six. I mean, they're coming fast and furious. Five, six, oh, yeah. whatever. Episode number six, season number three of the fantasy fullback dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. Um, we got a crazy good guest today. Uh, you know, you often say, oh, what team is this crazy good guest representing? Must be somebody good. It's the Browns. But because he's representing the Browns, this guy knows his drafts. He knows his combine. Uh, he's at the combine right now. Um, we're talking about Zach Jackson. This is going to be a, this is a big guest to have. Um, and the Wolf is the guy who's responsible for bringing him in. Well, the Wolf and CJ. And I'm with the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Like you mentioned, big, big guest. He worked for you know NFL. He's worked for the ClevelandBrowns.com for 10 years, five years at Fox Sports, pro football talk for a couple, uh, has his own browns podcast all this good stuff so great browns insight coming and obviously timely is as, as shitty as the browns have been the last two years that's put them in a position to really control and dominate the offseason so it'll be good to chat with an insider get their inside plans for how they plan to attack this quarterback woes in the offseason in general what he sees them doing uh what todd haley means the new offensive coordinator who's bringing a ton of offensive background huge firepower. In his uh, previous stints, so very intriguing stuff going on with such an irrelevant team over the last two years. There could be some very real fantasy relevance coming through, so it's the Browns. It doesn't look sexy on paper by any means. No, no, it sure doesn't. But it could end up having a few at least sexy products come out of there, and I'm interested to start unpeeling that onion for sure.
0: Yeah, it could be an onion. It could be one stinky onion. <laughs> oh,
2: it's, de- it's definitely a stinky onion. We're just trying to hopefully find one appealing layer underneath all this disgustingness is, is the goal here. Yeah, it's fair. And we're, we're pumped that Zach agreed to come on uh, the, the show. Um,
0: I'm interested to see how the combine is when you're in person. I'm also interested his thoughts on you know the, the Browns' decision to keep Hugh Jackson around. Uh, I mean, you know, even, even with his you know 3% winning percentage over the last two years, I'm sure there's many fine qualities that he has. So I'm <laughs> That's definitely a question I'm going to be asking Zach on the interview. Um, all right. When we come back, we're going to welcome Zach Jackson at Akron Jackson. Love that Twitter handle. Uh, right after this. All this energy calling me. Back where it comes from. It's such a cruise. Alright everybody, we are back. We have a very timely interview with Zach Jackson, a.k.a. Akron Jackson, or at Akron Jackson, that's his Twitter handle. He is a writer, and this is his own words, I'm using writer of sports and sarcasm. I'm a big fan of both of those things personally. Head honcho, A to Z podcast, Um, and also, is it the Cleveland Athletic or the Athletic Cleveland that that you're a big part of? Yeah, the Athletic Cleveland. Okay, cool. There's definitely some athletics going on in Cleveland, some at a higher level than others lately. Uh, and we're going to be talking to you about, obviously, largely the
1: Browns, but you're also at the Combine. Is that right, Zach? I am. Um, it was day one. It was didn't see a single player, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> there you we go. heard from a lot of coaches and GMs. Um, so we heard from a Browns standpoint, we heard from Hugh today and John Dorsey tomorrow, and then we get the quarterbacks on Friday.
0: All right. Well, that's cool. Maybe, uh, you know, if anything really cool happens, like, you know, Friday-ish, maybe shoot us a text and we'll throw it on the pod. Um, Thanks for joining us. Also, uh, co-host of the Browns pregame show on 92.3 in Cleveland. The guy's been around a long time covering the NFL. We're thrilled that he's taken a little bit of time to come and uh, join us on the Fantasy Fullback Dive. Uh, Wolf, why don't you get right into things with Zach while we got him on the air?
2: Absolutely. just so before we dive into the interview and the meat of the content why don't you just give a we want to give you a chance just to quickly introduce yourself kind of your history with the NFL and just let our listeners know you know where they can find you so who are you and what do you bring to the
1: table for Yeah us? well we we I think you guys covered that pretty well um I started in 2000 with clevelandbrowns.com and was the there for 10 sense. years and then I was at Fox for 5 years Pro like Football like Talk for almost like 2 and I've been with the Athletic for at the last oh, year you know, so one I've one one covered the NFL for a long time I was trying on my way out here, this is like my 15th combine, maybe 16th. Wow. So, uh, once I get above like eight ski or nine, gun, I started ski, to lose band interest band 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 in band. counting. But I think when I've only like missed a couple, so yeah, I've covered when you, you cover the Browns, you cover a lot of drafts, a, <laughs> a lot of off seasons, a lot of hypotheticals because they don't in ever pool, do anything the when, when the season begins. The I'm assuming I'm here because they're the team that controls the offseason. Uh, they do. They have every chance to. And it'll be interesting um, to see because they have a lot of needs. You know, no, nobody, no matter how many picks and how much space you have, can fill them all when you have this many in one season. But, um, you know, really, realistically, they have enough assets and enough young players on hand that they should take a leap. And then is it going to be a significant leap? We'll see. So what are the pieces?
2: That's a pretty perfect segue because obviously, like you said, they've been a dumpster fire regular season-wise for the last few seasons. So what's going to turn this thing around? What are some of those moves with all the ammunition, uh, the draft picks, the the open cap space? What are they going to – if you were the GM, what would you do with it and what do you think they need to do here?
1: Well, you have glaring needs at quarterback. That goes back 30 years. And then mm-hmm. you have pressing needs at receiver and in the secondary. Um, so – it's, it's not a real good free agent wide receiver class. Uh, I wouldn't touch Jarvis Lander, even if he's available by trade. It doesn't look <laughs> like Allen Robinson's going to get to the market. So that's an issue. Mm-hmm. So you look internally. I mean, can can Josh Gordon be healthy and sober and available? Uh, he can certainly help you, you know, with with better quarterback play and more time. Can some of those other young guys step up? I mean, Corey Coleman has has done nothing. He's. He's not. He's not been healthy. He's been a pain in the ass off the field. He dropped the ball. Like he's done nothing. So that's a big, big deal. Um, you're going to lose your starting running back to free agency, um, and you, we'll, we'll see. I mean, last year's offense was so bad, historically bad. Yeah. That it, it's like you're not starting over because at least most of your line's going to be back, and maybe the whole thing if Joe Thomas ends up returning. But you're not losing anything else by changing or swapping uh, anywhere. It could not be worse than what it was. And that's that's no exaggeration. That's the facts. I mean, they they finished last in the league in scoring and turnovers, a full touchdown per game off being middle of the road scoring-wise.
2: Yeah, it was it was horrendous, and I think you listed out a few needs, and we'd love to dig into kind of each category specifically. And I, uh, yeah, but I, I got to
0: ask something though. I mean, you're you're sure. you're saying straight up, this it could not have been any worse. You guys are one in thirty-one in the last two years, and I'm by no means trying to rub salt in the wounds at all. What is your thought on them bringing Hugh Jackson back? Right call, wrong call? Just like ah, we'll see what happens. What do you think? It's unexplainable. Okay, there you go. See, this is this is why I'm asking the hard-hitting questions. I really, I'm <laughs> dying to know what do people in Cleveland who are in the know think about this? Because one in 31 is pretty bad. And also, I think the game he won was on a Saturday, so he literally hasn't won a game in, on Sunday. That's right. In two if you, years, if you
1: work, yeah, if you've worked for the Browns, you have not had a victory Monday in two years. It's rough. Even that one was on Christmas Eve, so nobody was there. So yeah, <laughs> right. If,
0: if you if you're just a football team that doesn't win games on Sunday. That's a
1: huge strike against you. Um, Absolutely. All right, anyway, I, I was interested to know. Weekend, go ahead. Yeah, on Thanksgiving weekend in 2014, they won in Atlanta to go to seven and four. Oh yeah. And they have won five since. Was that the uh, Was that the Hoyer era? Yes, that was the tail end of the Hoyer era. That, that was Josh Gordon's first game back from his, one of his suspensions. You know, people, I mean, people, such a clown show. It really. People is. don't
0: talk about this enough. I don't think. I don't think people talk about. Kind of how sad it was the way it went down with Hoyer. Because remember, he got hurt. And, I mean, he was doing pretty well. And then he got hurt. And then then that's pretty much when the avalanche
1: started. Not, well, he not actually to... got benched before he got hurt. I mean, oh, he was really? dinged up. Okay. Yeah, he he took a beating. But before he was like hurt, hurt, injury report, mispractice, not play hurt, he got benched for Johnny Manziel. Um And it just was really <sighs> bad. It has
2: been all downhill since, and I mean, the quarterback position then clearly has been the biggest issue. You said 30 years, and essentially, you're right. I mean, they have not had that guy really ever since I've been watching football. What do you think they're going to do in the offseason to attack that position? It's a surprisingly deep free agent class, interesting crop of rookies. How do you think they're going to address the position, and what would you do if you were the GM as well?
1: Well, I mean, here's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to sign A.J. McCarron. I think they're going to draft Sam Darnold at number one Um, that that's not any inside knowledge that's just you know the tea leaves point you there Um, it's a sensible plan you know if you need to outbid other teams for AJ McCarron he's a guy that's done a rare thing and that's won a game for Hugh Jackson he's 27 he's been in the league he can come in and be your quarterback for one game or one year or two years and Sam Darnold who's not yet 21 who was you know, twenty-four college games has a long way to go. Can can learn and wait and play in November, December, or November, December of two thousand nineteen, or whenever is appropriate. You still have Deshaun Kaiser, and then you still have other options. You know, if it's not McCarron, uh, is it Teddy Bridgewater, someone like that? Now, with mm-hmm. the injury concerns, you'd have to react there, and you'd have to trust Kaiser, and I don't think they do. Um, but that that's how I see this going, and that makes a lot of sense. And so until. We hear that they they made a trade or, or they're going to pursue something else. I think that's how it's going to go.
2: And is Darnold your, the top of the board for you? Is he the guy you'd like to see him go with?
1: Yeah, that's that's probably who I would take. I, I just think he's the safest pick right now, and he has a very high upside. Uh, you know, Rosen with the durability issues. Forget the off-field stuff. That'll sort itself out, the durability mm-hmm. issues. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield's been in the news because he's a newsmaker, because he's a popular guy, but nobody's taken him at number one. He's a midget. Yeah. He's, the, the other guys have special qualities, and his is competitiveness. So I, I'm not – dismissing baker mayfield's chances to be a successful nfl quarterback but the browns would have to deviate from taking one at number one for him to be in their plans
0: i don't know (laughs) if baker mayfield is going to be a successful nfl quarterback or not but i don't see him being the guy that's going to turn around the cleveland browns who are one and 30 i just i think he would need an awful lot of help um regardless of who is under center however the team's going to be learning a new offense as former steelers and cardinals offensive coordinator and chiefs head coach Todd Haley has been brought in to call the plays. What do you expect Haley to bring to the table? What kind of scheme do you think he's going to be running? Here's
1: my answer to Todd Haley questions. Give it to him. Who's (laughs) the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? I mean, I I mean, I'm I'm not dismissing Todd Haley, and I think it's incredible for a one in thirty-one team to get a guy with his pedigree and his resume. But we're wasting our breath talking about Todd Haley until we know who what he's working with and who he's working with here in Cleveland. Very true. That's yeah, completely fair. You, you
2: need fair. somebody to execute the scheme, and that's kind of the record with him is when he had Big Ben, when he had, uh, you know, Kurt Warner, his offenses absolutely exploded. When he had Matt Castle, he crapped his pants and the offense <laughs> God awful, and and uh,
1: uh, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's like it, so. it's like if, okay, if you can run the ball and that opens things up, and you upgrade the talent, and you know, then you got Hugh who who has a track record, despite the last two years. and Haley and the offensive line's playing well. Then they'll be the greatest coaches in the world. In the meantime, it's like who's your quarterback and who the hell is he going to throw to?
2: And, well, that's kind of the next question we're going to say is who's he going to throw to? I mean, Haley has made some great work out of guys. Obviously, he's had Larry Fitz and Antonio Brown, two elite guys. But even Dwayne Bow, a pretty garbage receiver, had <laughs> 1,100 yards and 15 TDs under him. And that was with Castle <laughs> Toss in the Rock. So, I mean, people have had big seasons under Haley, especially at the wide receiver yeah. position. Do you feel like he can squeeze the most out of Josh Gordon? Like, what
1: do you, I know you said you're kind of skeptical about Gordon. What do you see
2: from him in 2018? Well,
1: I'm skeptical about Gordon because he's just not been un, not been available. Of course, you know, and I don't think he's the same guy and he still doesn't run routes. But the thing is, he's so talented that like 70 percent of Josh Gordon can be a really good player in this league and then a better player if he's surrounded by guys. So um, Gordon will be on the team I, I, as long as he's healthy and eligible. Right. Um, Corey Coleman, I think, will be on the team because he he is a talented guy. But through two years, he's been unproductive, unavailable, and a pain in the ass. Um, Rashard Higgins, I think, will make the team maybe a veteran receiver somewhere in the mix, even if it's like a C-level guy just to kind of teach and run routes. And then Mm -hmm. you still need a starting tight end because it's not Seth DeValve and it's not Njoku. Now, Njoku is immensely talented and physically gifted, but he's still learning football and he's not a natural pass catcher. So in the first round, you drafted like a red zone mismatch, which if you're scoring, that's fine. And he can jump over people, but he is nowhere near ready to be. You know, name the six tight ends that really make plays, and he is not in the galaxy of those guys right now.
2: Right, and Haley doesn't have a really big track record with his tight ends either. He's never really used them. Uh, the only guy of interest in that list, to be honest, it was Josh Gordon, what you said. Is there any chance, because we're obviously talking with fantasy football, and we all crave the stats and the big years yeah. and which guy is going to bounce back and have a – is there any chance Gordon returns, maybe not to that ridiculous 1,600 leading the league in receiving yardage form, but is there any chance he can get back to those huge numbers of any any chance?
1: Sure, sure. Right. As constructed right now, he's clear-cut number one receiver you know yeah. and, and that's what that's what you look for especially today's game where so many tight ends have emerged and so many teams throw to the back out of the backfield that you know how many clear-cut number one receivers are there so um yeah you take him i think really late like especially in a ppr you could look at joku. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but Duke Johnson is the guy to take, I mean, he catches balls, he makes plays. And so presumably, you know, it's still February as we record this, but presumably there'll be a number one running back, probably a rookie, right. Um, drafted, you know, in the, in the first couple of days of the draft and then Duke Johnson will still have a tremendous role in this offense so really if you're drafting a fantasy team right now you should not have any Browns except Gordon and Duke Johnson until much further notice unless you're in like some 20 team league or there's points for drafting shitty players something like that.
0: <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Uh, I, I've talked with some friends of mine before about having a league that was just a completely negative league uh, you know you awarded <laughs> points for picks and you know fumbles and You know, stuff like that. So you're saying load up on Browns if you're in one of those leagues. um, And if not, avoid them like the plague. Um, You actually, you just answered another of our questions talking about Duke like that. So I appreciate that. I wanted to ask you uh, just real quick because we wanted to talk about the Combine for just a minute, even though you haven't seen much. I got to ask you, you said you've been to the Combine 15, 16 years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. What is the... Most impressive thing you've seen in 15 or 16 years of the combine. And and if you're uh, like, oh, I can't pick one, uh, I got to stay two. Well, then say
1: two. But Are Hooters waitresses eligible? Uh, <laughs> oh, they, at least for an honorable mention spot. I mean, you know, you, at least oh, they make gotcha. the list. Impressive. I guess I'm talking football related, but I appreciate yeah. the Hooters comment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, impressive thing. Well, here's the thing. When you cover the combine, you, you don't get to go into the workout. You watch it on TV like everyone else. <laughs> Really? <laughs> the the workout is for is for is not for media. So yeah. um and, and really now you can watch the bench press and things like that and fans can too, but until a couple of years ago we couldn't. So I, I can't answer that question because I I just would be talking about some stuff you saw on T
0: V just like other people it, did.
1: <laughs> and I mean every year there's dozens of muscled up freaks that come that come in the media room. So really, it, it, I can't say it's a non-event because the whole NFL is here. But when people are like, it's the combine, it's like the combine is about the conversations that take place between the teams. And the 15 minutes no more that we get to interview the guys. And then you speculate from there. Like, it's not like. Oh, you know, at least from a media standpoint, it's not like oh, okay, well, I I got extra time to sit down with this guy and got access to his medical reports and Wonderlick scores, and then I watched him run the forty, and it matches up with what I had the tape running. Like, no, that's not that's just not how it goes. So you yeah.
0: you just watch you watched the workouts on a TV that was physically closer than the TV we're watching on, but but a TV nonetheless.
1: <laughs> yes, like yes, like I I am a eight block walk from. Lucas Oil Stadium, but when they start working out on Friday morning, I'll be watching on NFL Network, just like you guys will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How deflating. That's, I, I pictured exactly what you were saying is not, so that that is too bad. Um, I do want to return to Duke Johnson for a second, because you, you brought him up as the only guy to draft other than Josh Gordon, and, I mean, after 61 catches, 53 catches, then 74 over his last three, his first three seasons, I mean, the guy's a reception machine, so PPR leagues, RB11 last year, had a monster year, uh, but could that change What do you see happening in this backfield? There's some linkings to, you know, Saquon Barkley early on in the draft and things like that. Do you expect Duke to maintain a role no matter what? Or how do you see this backfield kind of unfolding this off? Yeah.
1: Oh, I absolutely expect him to maintain a role and a significant one. But sitting here right now, there's no way from a fantasy standpoint he could come close to matching those numbers. A – the, the plan is to take a starting running back. Right. And B, if just if the offense is better, that means it's less desperate dump offs to Duke Johnson and more yeah. guys to get, the, get the ball. So, yeah. I mean, if they're still losing, I mean, a lot of those numbers, let's Duke made some incredible plays, but a lot of those numbers were the result of being down the whole second half and dumping the ball to Duke Johnson. And I mean, he, he, he showed, he proved to me a lot. Like he does not often go down on con on the first contact and he can make guys miss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but like i said to think that design in a game that's going to be 2421 they're gonna try to get him 15 18 touches i i can't imagine that i just so again in a PPR league he's on a list of running backs that you want because you don't you know load up early in running backs in, in that format but i i'm not expecting or i sh- you shouldn't be expecting 70 catches 500 yards and a number of touchdowns again you just shouldn't
2: Let's say they do draft
1: Saquon Barkley.
2: Does that just completely erase Duke Johnson because he's such a good pass catcher Barkley is? Or would Duke still be able to – would they put him at slot? Like, would he still have a role even if they go that early on running back?
1: Um, you used the word completely erase, but if had you used a different word, I would say both. Because okay. if they draft Saquon Barkley – then you got to look and say, okay, this is an offense that doesn't have much in the passing game, yeah. that plays in crappy weather, that has a good offensive line, is one of its only assets. Like, this is a guy we need to get, right? <laughs> so, yes, Duke would still have a role. But if you use the number one or number four pick on Saquon Barkley, you're saying this is the guy that's going to get all of our important touches, or at yeah. least a bulk of them. And, you know, what, what, what is there for his backup that's a completely different player? You know, it's a lot left to chance.
0: All right, I want I'm going to get you out of here on on a question and you know, I'm not going to hold you to this. If you're completely wrong on this, I'm not going to call you up and mock you in December and and you know, ridicule you on the show. Gun yeah, to your head, funny. late February, early March prediction. What is the Cleveland Browns record going to be next year?
1: Well again I ask who the quarterback is. Let's, uh,
0: let's, uh, that's a great question. Let's
1: Well I'll, <laughs> let me answer it. I'll answer it but why don't answer you, give it it, why don't you answer for a couple different options. Okay. Uh, I think a realistic expectation is to win more than you've won in the last three years, which would be six. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's just with with better players, with an older Upgraded roster a smarter front office and the fact that you're just hungry to win some games six Now that seems a little ambitious when you look at who they play But you know playing the schedule game right now is so silly because we haven't seen free agency or the draft or the quarterbacks getting hurt Whatever goes Uh, last year's team. I knew was gonna be god-awful because they could not pass. They could not stop the pass They had no quarterback and they were so young now Did I think they were gonna be 0 and 16? No this year's team is going to be older it's going to be better. I think Josh Gordon is going to be there, even though he's given me no reason to trust him. So I, I think six is a reasonable, reasonable thing and uh, and go from there. OK, man.
2: yeah, I, I feel like the Browns do have a decent amount of place. Well, you said the line like I, I'm just a big believer in offensive lines. As long as obviously, again, you need the quarterback. You're going nowhere without a quarterback. But they get, you know, McCarron, they draft a saquon at uh, Saquon at four or so. I could see them kind of having a like you said six seven. I don't think the Browns are as bad as they are. The, the record has. You want been to start
1: changed. talking seven? I need to see Kirk Cousins as the quarterback. All right, wait, if if <laughs> they go six and
0: ten, uh, they're going to throw a parade for Hugh Jackson. I mean, oh, you my, know, have have we lowered gosh. have we lowered the bar? <laughs> To the point where, you know, this guy could go four and twelve and they'd be like, hey, quadrupled the number of wins we've gotten in the last two years combined. Or
1: or (laughs) or it's only about six miles from their headquarters to the Hall of Fame. So yeah, you might as well put him in. Yeah, might
0: as well they're probably (laughs) working on a bust right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that that's the interesting thing, is that that looms out there. Like you'd think he'd have to win a certain number and he'd want to win now, but fans have been so beaten down. Like mm-hmm. almost to the point of forgetting that it's about winning. I mean, they just had a regime that didn't care about winning. It yeah. was unbelievable. And, and so, of course, it's hard to win in the NFL, and it's it's hard to make that leap from six to eight, six to nine, or like uh, eight to ten. It shouldn't be that hard to make the leap from one, three, one to five, six, seven. I was going to say, or like one to three. It that, that, that's that's obvious
0: yeah <laughs> nice well thanks a lot man we really appreciate you taking the time and you know we, we'd love to get you back maybe mid-season to, to debrief some of this stuff and hopefully if we do if uh,
1: they're we, playing competent football i would love
0: to that. yeah if like, they're staring down the barrel so of 0 and 8 we'll just say you know we'll, we'll talk to zach in
1: 2019 yeah. <laughs> all right good chatting with you guys thanks a lot man. All right,
2: thanks a lot zach we appreciate it Think about
1: back in the days when the Crime with two in here,
0: steady stickin' my ears. Put my surf down on the clear nine nine. Hitting up the great ship with little, real little wheel, big body and wishbone. Little while in high rollers, anyway. The white niggas so strong. Crazy bone, stack rock, take much love. Kept a nigga on his toes in the game. Missing everyday bang when you listen to tank. Gotta make a grand at least daily, man. New no Cleveland Hustlers, living no busters, Look to the heartbeat of niggas from the landfill And the old school, just about the citizens that be who cool, fucking with truth. Rest in all right thanks a lot to zach jackson for joining us from the combine in cleveland and you know i i feel like you're probably on the same page as me here first of all good info i like that we are largely on the same page about a lot of brown stuff um Tough for a Browns guy to come on any show these days, probably, uh, and, yeah. and be a good sport about stuff. But little piece of information I had no idea about. Did you know all the people at the combine like, weren't actually getting to, like, see these drills and stuff? Not
2: at all. No, I remember him saying that, that he's just watching it at a TV just located closer to where we are. So that, that was a little bit surprising. I always just pictured people with, like, their notebooks on the sidelines and whistles and their own timers and everything, but... Makes me kind of like want to go the to the combine less.
0: Or, Doesn't it make the combine
2: seem maybe not as sexy? Yeah, it definitely does. But it's still some interesting notes to pick up from him. You know, Josh Gordon, as long as he can stay on the field, he expects him to dominate as usual. Some interesting quarterback notes who they're considering what they might do. Just lots of interesting I mean, stuff. He
0: says this all is going to come down to quarterback because I said, what's their record going to be? And he said, who's their quarterback going to be? So I thought that was pretty honest. And uh, it's so true. Yeah.
2: They have like I said to him though, I think they do really have the pieces in place to make a significant leap ahead if they get the right quarterback, but that's obviously such a big if. They've been it's been eluding them for 30 years now. Who knows if they're going to do it this year or not, but they have the the pieces in place for sure.
0: You've talked yourself into the Browns the last 2 years. Like <laughs> no, I mean not like it's like a Super Bowl contender, but you always you always not think there's year. like a <laughs> hidden gem there.
2: You know. I thought two years ago, like, RG3 was lighting it up in the preseason. Oh, Obviously, that love, was a huge mistake. You loved RG3. It's true. I loved it that year. I did. That was so dumb. Um, but last year, I wasn't that much in on him. After seeing, you know, Coach Hugh Jackson get exposed in his first year, I didn't think they were going to, like, suddenly have this huge turnaround. I just think the line is good. I think there's – you know Josh Gordon, if he keeps his head on straight, they got all the pieces there. Todd Haley, I love his offensive mind. They just again, like like he told us, like Zach Jackson told us, they need that quarterback or else it's not going to happen.
0: I do agree with you for whatever it's worth. That uh, they're worse than they should be, but uh, yeah, which, I think uh, Hugh
2: Jackson's bringing them down. I really do. <laughs>
0: The, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put it all on Hugh, but he certainly should own plenty of this. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks again to Zach Jackson for coming on the show uh, from the combine. Even if you're not getting to see the drills, we still appreciate your insight on the Browns and uh, the, the folks coming up through the draft. Um, you want to talk a little social media here, real quick, Wolf?
2: Yeah, of course. If you want to follow me personally, Roto Street Wolf on uh, we got that on Twitter and Snapchat, and then you can follow our main pages, RotoSTJournal St Journal on Twitter and Snapchat, as well as Roto Street Journal on Instagram and Facebook, pumping out tons of content. Make sure you're still f- tracking us on all those. We've got the coaching carousel spinning next week or er- Maybe this week, but depending on when this drops, we're going to have our big free agency preview coming. That's our next podcast episode where we dive into the the value holes and what are some valuable openings, what are some players who might fill those openings, the franchise tag deadline coming out on Tuesday, uh, March 6th. So lots of interesting notes are going to be coming. The offseason is here, but it is flying with content, and we're not going to miss a single beat of it. So make sure you're tracking us, dot ffbdpod.com for our podcast site, Loving what we've got going on right now. Really just kind of getting a great workflow going. So keep keep it on, on tune at the Roto Street all day, baby. All right. Hope we'll see you for the free agent podcast. It's gonna be a good one.
0: My name's not the truth Jones. And I'm the wolf. See you guys. See ya.
2: We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh oh, oh and wave out to the crowd.
0: At least we stole the show. At we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh.
1: That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.